0: Welcome, and thanks for checking out the Living Word Family Church Sermon Podcast. Before we get to the message, we'd like to invite you to check out Living Word Family Church if you don't already have a church home. For more information, you can check out our website at livingwordfamily.org. Good evening. We're going to spend some time praying at the end of this message. It's not a very long message, I don't think. It can't be too long because I do want to spend some time praying. Uh, But uh, as I uh, start, I went a little bit this direction in my newsletter article. uh, And it just kind of triggered me again, I guess, when I heard about Nancy today. Uh, But wow, you know, what a a season we're in or have been in, right, As as a church body. We had, uh, of course, Ashley Uh, Kreider, you know, she'll be uh, coming home, looks like, later this month, but she still has, medically speaking, a long way to go, and it's already been a long road. Uh, Linda Kramer has been in the hospital nearly as long as Ashley has. Uh, Every time it seems like she's about ready to go, something else happens. Um, Judy Gray has been in and out a number of times. Uh, doctors can't seem to solve, ultimately, what the problem is with her breathing. Uh, Nicole Duckwitz had quite a siege not too long ago. Brenda Fisher, still out of the office, and it's been quite a, quite a, you know, she broke her leg and she's been into the hospital twice and the nursing home twice and just got home. Uh, uh, Kay Zellers just had a pretty major surgery. Priscilla Hale is, uh, was taken to the ER again today, and this is her second time in a week not sure what's going on there. And uh, just heard about Nancy. Uh, this was just, uh, you know, they took a, they, they called it, and Charles. Charles just uh, got out. Good to be home, right? Uh, but yeah, there he was about ready to go home. And just kind of had a reaction to whatever, the antibiotics or something. And, uh, uh, you know, Nancy went in for a blood test yesterday that, that, that Daryl referred to as routine. And they called her back, need to come back in a hurry today. Uh, next thing you know, they're taking her to Northwestern and all this stuff piling up. And then in addition to that, there's still Jenny good who we continue to pray for and believe for her healing. And Larry Millis, who's going through, uh, you give you an update. I've been taking, he's undergoing radiation treatments on his right arm. Uh, two cancerous lesions have appeared. Sorry, not his right arm, his left arm, two cancerous lesions have appeared in that bone where he's already got, uh, uh, some, already has had surgery there. Um, and uh, they did an X-ray on Monday and discovered that cancer has returned to that right arm. Now this is a and, and he uh, manifestly is not getting stronger. Okay, I'm talking about you know what we, you know what we had uh, envisioned when he got home is not happening right now. He's not standing up and walking around. Uh, has to be physically put into that chair for transport. Okay, this is this has been a, an ongoing battle. And, uh, and on top of all these things, there have been whatever you have dealt with, and I'm sorry if I didn't name yours, but there have been a number of ailments that haven't necessarily required, required hospitalization. I ripped my leg wide open. That's still healing up. Uh, Beth's car broke down on the way back from Indianapolis yesterday, or on the way back from Bedford yesterday. That's not a, a physical thing, of course. Uh, but more than one person has said fairly recently that this is an attack. This is an assault on the physical body and the physical health of Living Word Family Church. Now, you know what? It might be. You know, we're not a huge congregation. That's an awful lot of people undergoing an awful lot of things in an awfully short time. Uh, I want to give you a, a few scriptures. Very familiar. In fact, I might just read them off there. John 10, 10. The thief... This is uh, Jesus referring to Satan, does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. The thief is the devil. And what's his job? To steal from you, to kill you, to destroy you. First uh, Peter 5, 8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Now this is not just, don't put that next one up yet. Uh, This is not just uh, colorful language. This isn't something that's meant to illustrate something. This is Peter speaking under inspiration of the Holy Ghost to remind us that there really is a devil and that he really hates us. He is actively prowling looking for somebody who leaves him an open, opening so that they can become a victim. He does not have, we've talked about this before, and I'm, I'm already veering off onto a trail that I don't have a lot of time for. I just want to encourage you by way of reminder that he does not have unlimited resources. If he did, then every time we opened the door, every time we let our guard down, we would be attacked, we would be slaughtered. Uh, he's got limited resources. Okay, there is not an innumerable company of demons. It's a finite number. Okay, Uh, but the fact is, he is prowling, looking for these opportunities whom he may devour. Who gives him permission? God? No, we do, right? So be sober, be vigilant, be alert. Now, uh, let's read the rest of that passage. In verse nine, it goes on and says, resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Now, suffering here is not talking about sickness. Remember that. I'll come back to that point here in a second. I want you to remember, we're not going to look at it, I'm going to read the whole story, but it's a really familiar story from the Old Testament in Daniel chapter three, where Nebuchadnezzar had this gold statue uh, constructed and the command went out, all the governors in the land, and this included Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that when the trumpet sounded, when the instruments, when the band struck up, everyone was supposed to bow down and worship this image. And of course, the three Hebrew children, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, better known as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, did not. And so, some of these other governors who were jealous of the exalted position of these Hebrews ratted them out. Said, "Hey, these, these three Jewish guys aren't bowing down." So Shad, uh, Nebuchadnezzar calls them up. Says, "Is that true?" And like, yeah, they said, "What?" He said, "Well, we're going to get. I like you guys and your friends of Daniel here, who I hold in very high regard. Uh, and because of that, I'm going to give you another chance." And they said, don't bother. We're not going to bow down to this image. He said, but if you don't, I'm going to throw you into this furnace. I'm going to burn you alive. And they said, God will deliver us from that furnace if you throw us in there. But even if you decide to cut us some slack, we're not going to bow down. So he ordered the furnace cranked up seven times hotter He bound Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And the guards who were tasked with depositing them in this furnace died from the heat. And what happened? Nebuchadnezzar himself was able to look into that fire and see those three, plus a fourth man, walking around. And when they came out, they didn't even smell like smoke. That's a glorious story. It's a wonderful story. It's a true story. But I think how terrifying this prospect had the potential to be. I think Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said all the right things, and I think they believed them in their heart. But man, I got to tell you what. It's one thing to have a gun to your head. It's another thing to be saying you're going to be thrown into the fire and burned alive. They were confident. And their character and their devotion to God was the groundwork for that confidence. It wasn't like they were just moseying along, bebopping, and all of a sudden there's a trial and they have to come up with a positive confession. Their faith in God was solid. All I'm saying is, did they have to come that close to being burned to death for God to be glorified? How many other ways could God have rescued them and still gotten the glory? You know, Nebuchadnezzar could have dropped dead The guards could have all simultaneously dropped dead. God could have poured water from the heavens and extinguished the furnace. And all these things would have been clearly miraculous. But no, they were thrown into the fire. They were taken right up to the brink and then rescued. It's glorious, but I bring you back to what I said a minute ago. This isn't sickness. This is persecution. This is the kind of suffering that Jesus promised us. Suffering for our devotion, for our faith. Because if we're not careful, we can read this and we think, well, maybe that's what God is doing. He's taking me right up to the point of death so that my healing will be a greater testimony. But that makes God the author of sickness. And that's not who he is. We've talked about this before, that God, and fairly recently, that God did, on more than one occasion, say that he would cause sickness. And we can slice and dice that any way we want, and I believe that ultimately what he's saying is, I'm the divine protector, I'm the author of healing, but if I withdraw my presence from you, if I withdraw my protection from you, then sickness is going to come on you just like it does on the nations. But it doesn't matter. Because when he's talked about causing sickness, it was always in judgment. It's not talking about the suffering that is part of your portion and mine. Suffering that Jesus promised is never sickness. Sickness is a product of the curse of the law. Sickness entered this earth when man sinned, Right? And we have been redeemed from the curse of the law. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Once again, Jesus healed everybody who came to him for healing. And with very few exceptions, it looks like they were all healed on the spot. We have a reference to a, a man... Uh, the lepers being healed as they went another man it was kind of a two-stage thing he being healed of blindness first he could see nothing then he could see men uh, hazy walking around like trees but the fact is he never told anybody to wait any more than he told them no he healed them all and he healed them now sickness is simply not in the same category as persecution when Jesus healed, in some cases, it specifies that the sickness was caused directly by an evil spirit. We'll look at a couple of them. Matthew 17:14 said, And when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him, and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, "O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Now, I want you to see that he it, the man said he is epileptic and Jesus spoke to the demon. It doesn't mean that everybody who has epilepsy is de- demonically possessed. Simply that there was in this case a demon that was either accompanying the epilepsy or causing the epilepsy. All right? It doesn't say in every case that Jesus healed that he cast a demon out. In uh, Luke chapter 13 in verse 10 it says now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and could in no way raise herself up but when Jesus saw her he called to her he called her to him and said to her woman you are loosed from your infirmity and he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God and she had a spirit of infirmity in this case and then more generally in acts 10:38 we read this how Jesus, How sorry? How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with, with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. Now I like that because in this case it acknowledges that not everybody who's sick is necessarily carrying a demon but that all sickness ultimately is demonic oppression because it is the devil, it is the sin that ushered sickness into the world. All right? Sickness is not good, and God is the author of all good gifts. I love, wish I'd, I'd remembered. I've read it to you a couple times already, uh, but in an essay by C.S. Lewis when, he, when he's talking about this when he, when he says, "I can't remember if this is in uh, the essay um, uh, "The Weight of Glory," or if it's actually in the book um, "The Good One: Mere Christianity." But he says, when he's talking about the, the pantheist or what we maybe the new ager would say, if you could only, speaking of a cancer, saying if you could only see it from the divine perspective, you would see that this too is God. Arguing that our, our very human definitions of good and evil, God is so far above them that, that we can't use those types of words to describe anything. Because cancer in God's hands could be a gift. And then and Lewis says, to which the Christian replies, don't talk damned nonsense. Uh, And then then in a footnote says that somebody had complained about his cursing and he said, but I mean that in the literal sense. It is the kind of nonsense that is damning. It will lead to damnation if we carry it that far. Uh, So it doesn't, once again, it doesn't mean, I certainly don't believe that every sickness is a demonic attack. I, I can remember churches, I don't think every living word ever came close to going through this, but I can remember late 70s, early 80s when, when every time somebody sneezed or had a sniffle, uh, instead of saying, thank you, Lord, for healing, it's we cast this cold demon out of this person, come out of him in Jesus' name, and we weren't satisfied until somebody puked, right? Not us, but other people who were even crazier than us. And, having said that, it doesn't mean that even with this extraordinary series of sicknesses and episodes that we've experienced here at Living Word, that it necessarily must be demonic. But it might be. How do we know? Well, there's one way we definitely can know. And that is with the gift of the Spirit known as discerning of spirits. The Holy Spirit gives gifts. And not just tongues and interpretation and prophecy, but one of these is discerning of spirits. Now, I think in the general sense, that gift can be exercised when somebody else is prophesying or ministering. And you can discern of what spirit this word is. But specifically, I believe it is as, as we see Jesus ministering. Uh, when, he, when the man brought the epileptic boy to him, he knew it was a spirit. Why? Because the gift... He had the gifts of the Spirit without measure. He had the Holy Spirit without measure. He operated in all these gifts. And he could see. He knew that what he was dealing with was a demon. And so if God, if the Holy Spirit opens our eyes, my eyes, Pastor Mike's eyes, your eyes, and allows you to see specifically, this is a spirit. A spirit of infirmity has invaded living word. Then, that, then we know this is exactly what we speak against. Meanwhile, we acknowledge that that is one possibility. But even without that gift and operation, do you know what we know? I mean, we know this absolutely from the Word of God. That whether it is a demon or a virus a devil or a germ it is not from god jesus christ has borne those stripes in his own body to purchase our healing whether that healing whether it's a deliverance related healing or simply a straight up physical medical miracle healing is ours whether again it's caused by an encounter with another sick person Uh, anything an infection or a demon or Satan himself we've been healed that healing has been purchased for us already our complete healing Jesus is bigger and better and stronger than all of it every demon every sickness okay I say that because I said we're going to pray tonight and I don't want to spend a half an hour shouting at the devil I don't like giving him that much attention. If the devil manifestly shows up, we tell him to get out, right? But man, he's called us to worship his name, not the devil. God, our Father, has called us to worship his name and give him the glory, and I know beyond a shadow of doubt. Do I acknowledge the possibility that there's, there's a demonic attack behind this? You better believe I do. I acknowledge that possibility, maybe even a strong possibility. But what I do know is that my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, took those stripes on his own body, To heal me, to heal you, because he loves us. Well, then why is Larry Millis still have cancer in his body? Why is Jenny Good still in that wheelchair? Why is Ashley not fully recovered? I don't know. We can wonder that. It's okay to wonder that. But never entertain the notion that you are praying against God's purposes when you speak healing over somebody. Because this is what we were commanded to do. Heal the sick. Lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Don't pray to God and find out which ones he wants to stay sick and then pray over the ones he wants to heal. You pray over the sick. You heal the sick. If there's any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church. They'll anoint him with oil. The prayer of faith will save the sick. Pray one for another that you may be healed. So what can we do? What do we need to do as believers? First thing, I'd say this, armor up. Speak the word over yourself daily. Don't do it in fear. Don't do it out of legalism. Do it because God's made it available to you. All right? Anybody remember the show, uh, Greatest American Hero? Goofy, superhero show, kind of a comedy from the 70s, right? It was the 70s, early 80s. And this guy found a suit. It was some alien that had left this goofy look. It looked like a union suit. It looks like long underwear. but oh, It's a superhero suit. But he finds out that if he puts this suit on, he can fly, and he's super strong. He has these superpowers. And kind of one of the jokes is he can't land. He can fly, but he can't land, so he always crashes into a building or something. <laughs> You remember this show? Remember the song? Believe it or not, I'm walking on air. And that was the theme song from Greatest American Hero. Probably the best thing about the show, really. But what's, the thing is, this guy didn't have any inherent power. He only had the power when he had the suit on. So you think, well, he needs this suit on when he goes out to fight bad guys or he has to fly to catch somebody. But if you had a suit like that, would you wear it all the time? Just like, just in case. I'm not going to put the suit on because there's no danger right now. I'd put that suit on. May never know when something's going to fall out of the sky. Trucks are going to drive. Never mind, I'm walking into the road. Cars can drive off the road and hit you. But if I got the suit on, I'm invulnerable. We put, this, we put this armor on because God has made it available to us. We're not supposed to go through life without it. Just like we're not supposed to try to do ministry, we're not supposed to try to live a life that's pleasing to God without the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We can't. Can't do everything we're called to do. So armor up, speak God's word. You've heard me; I've, I've shared my healing confession with you a dozen times. But speak protection over yourself. Speak prosperity over yourself. Claim those things. All right. It's uh, this is a word of faith church. We believe that God is good, but we believe our enemy is bad. The good news is the God who is good is bigger and stronger than the enemy who is bad, and not by just a little. But what in God's economy he has arranged it for? Everything I have is available to you. You have got to speak it into your, into your life. You've got to confess it. You've got to believe it. You've got to agree with me about you and your family and your church and then your community and then the world. He wants to use us. He wants to live big in us. He wants to demonstrate the kind of power that he demonstrated in the lives of the Hebrew children in our lives. The same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead and was at work in his ministry God desires to be at work in ours, but it starts with us speaking this stuff over ourselves regularly because we believe it and because we desire it. It can't be a matter of, well, I'm afraid to go outside today because I haven't said these words yet. Just do it as a matter of rejoicing. Thank you, Lord, for the protection that is mine. You've promised me, Lord, right there in your word that you would give your angels charge over me and they would bear me up lest I dash my foot against a stone. I thank you for safe travels on the way to and from work today for me. I thank you for safe travels to and from school for my children. Uh, I thank you for protection at home, for my family. Just say these things, just as ever, whenever they occur to you, whenever they cross your mind, just speak God's word over every situation. Speak healing, speak prosperity. What else can we do? Well, let's move beyond us. Obviously we pray. I just quoted uh, James chapter five, pray one for another. But really pray. And when you pray, pray in faith, pray God's word. But also encourage one another. All these people that we know, we try to, we do our best to keep you uh, uh, updated and let you know when people are uh, in the hospital or fresh home from the hospital. And uh, if you can't visit, and by the way, you know, thank God for Pastor Mike. You know, I've been, feel like I'm up to my eyeballs and alligators with a number of things lately. And Pastor Mike has been uh, doing a lion's share of hospital visits and things like that. And there's nobody in the world who's better at that than Pastor Mike is. Uh but this is also your ministry. The work of the ministry is supposed to be done by you guys. You know that, right? This is Ephesians chapter four. We just finished that book not too long ago. The work of the ministry is you guys praying, you guys visiting, you guys encouraging. And I understand it's not easy. Especially a physical visit. You get in the car and going up to the hospital. And if you've never done it before, it, it might seem a little uncomfortable. You get good at it, believe me. You can, it's like anything else. You practice, you get used to being there, you get used to how you act in the room. You know, depending on whether there's a doctor or a nurse in there, you just realize, hey man, this is, this is where I'm supposed to be and I'm going to say what needs to be said. So visit if you can. If you can't visit, can you write a card, a note? Can you send a text? Phone call? Email? And when you do that, this, this, uh, Lisa was telling me today, she went, she was up to the hospital and, uh, one of the people she visited was Linda Kramer. And, uh, she, she said, Linda, I want you to know that we are still speaking God's word over you. We are still believing with you for healing. And she nearly cried. She said, thank you so much. I can't tell you how much that means to me. I won't tell the story again, but most of you have heard the story about my back episode and when things really turned for me after I, I forget how many weeks of crippling pain was when I found out that the men in Saturday morning prayer had prayed for me that morning. And I had that what, the closest thing I've ever had to a vision. And it was just, again, I didn't receive my physical healing manifestation at that moment, but that's when everything turned for me. That's when the lights went on and I realized They could have just prayed for me and not said a word, okay? But suddenly, it made all the difference in the world to know that they were praying for me and that I wasn't in this alone. You're in a hospital room for five days. It can get pretty long, let alone five weeks, let alone a number of months. It can start to feel pretty lonely, even with all the medical attention. It can change somebody's outlook on life just to say, I want you to know I prayed for you today. And don't just say, don't write a smiley face praying. Say, I am speaking God's word over you. I agree with you that God has healed you. Your healing has been purchased. And we, your church, are believing with you to rise up from that bed of sickness. Are they worth it? it, it, Might it cost you some TV time or even some family time? What if it costs you a meal? A meal? Are your brothers and sisters in Christ worth it to spend just a little time being the church, being the body of Christ for them? They absolutely are, right? So one thing we can do right now. Now we could, we could say, all right, now ushers pass out out, uh, five by eight cards and pencils and we're all going to write a note to somebody. That's not what we're going to do. We're also not going to pile in the church bus, which we don't have yet. And go up and visit the hospital. What are we going to do? We're going to pray. Stand up with me if you can. If you want to. You don't have to stand. But you can. If you have been sitting too long. You want to get the blood flowing. But God hears your prayers when you're sitting. And when you're lying down. Right? And we're just going to pray. And rather than have music going while we do this. I don't want to be competing volume wise with the music. Even though I know we've got some pros. They know how to play uh, play quietly. I want to pray so that you can hear what I'm saying. I want you to agree with me. Now, the simplest, most biblical way you agree with me is when I say something that clicks with you as, yep, that's in line with the word of God. Do you know what you're supposed to say? Amen. Amen. Why is that important? Because there's power in agreement. Remember what Paul said when he was writing about the gifts that he's talking about in tongues? He says, hey, make sure if you deliver a public utterance in tongues, make sure that somebody interprets it. Otherwise, how shall he who, who occupies the place of the ungifted say amen at your giving of thanks? Obviously, it's important to have the amen, the agreement. But you can say, yes, Lord. You can say, thank you, Lord. You can pray in tongues while I'm praying in English. Isn't that a wonderful thing about the gift of praying in tongues? I'm not talking about the public utterance. Don't shout me down with your prayer language. I'm serious about that. It, it, it's not, you're, you're not fueling my prayers by going, You can, be, but, but the whole time I'm praying, you can be praying, the Holy Spirit can be praying through you in your prayer language while you with your mind are paying attention to what God is leading me to pray in English. And it's perfectly, we know, because it's Holy Spirit guided, that it's perfectly in agreement. Okay? Are you ready to pray with me? Let's just start by thanking Him. Heavenly Father, thank you for your goodness. In the midst of all this stuff that we're dealing with. Sometimes it seems like nonsense. Sometimes it seems like a demonic attack. Lord, help us to remember first and foremost that you are God and that you love us. You are our heavenly father. You have loved us enough already to save us, to to shed the blood of Jesus Christ for us. And when it comes to sickness and disease, you love us enough to afflict Jesus with those stripes that he bore in his own body so that he could carry our sickness, our disease, our malfunctions, our disorders to the cross and leave them nailed there with our sin. Thank you for the forgiveness that is ours by the blood of Christ that makes us righteous and qualifies us for every good thing you've spoken over the righteous. There are so many good promises all through your word, Lord God, but they are for the righteous, and you've made it clear, Lord God, that we are righteous in your sight because we are in Christ. Let us never forget that that is the grounds of our faith, Lord, that you have made us righteous, and we thank you for the righteousness with which you have clothed us. And now, Lord, we, as this local body of believers, we lift up Nancy Good as she's even in transport, Lord, we thank you, thank you, thank you that she is a believer, that she knows her healer, she knows her God. I'm not going to speak right now over her doctors. I'm not going to speak over her nurses. I'm speaking over her blood. I'm speaking over her bones. I'm speaking over her flesh, and I'm commanding it to be well, because that's what you purchased, Lord. We come against every form of sickness and disease, and we curse it Because you have cursed it. You have made it. You've rendered it powerless in the life of the believer. So we declare that Nancy Good is healed. Head to toe, front to back, side to side, inside and out. Every muscle and bone, every gland and organ, every blood vessel, every joint, ligament, tendon, nerve, cell, and tissue in her body and all the spaces in between. Thank you, Father, for healing. Thank you, Lord. We lift up Linda Kramer tonight. And we speak healing over her. Father, I've been so encouraged by the confessions that continue to come out of her mouth. And Lord, that, that, that uh, hospital bed is not her portion. We speak strength and healing over her. Again, head to toe, front to back, side to side, inside and out. The healing that is hers, we declare, it will be manifested in her body. Thank you, Lord, for healing Linda. Thank you, Lord, for the work. That is being, that, that you're accomplishing in Ashley Crider. We are genuinely grateful for the progress we've seen so far. But forgive us if we ever slip into laziness, Lord, because we, uh, or, if, or if we get weary, you've told us, you have promised us, even as you have exhorted us in your word, not to grow weary in well-doing. For in due time, we will reap if we faint not. And the harvest, as we speak these words of healing, as we sow these seeds, the harvest we expect to reap is a total manifestation of that healing. So thank you for the progress we've seen, but we want to see an acceleration of that. We want to see the completion of that, because you are not a halfway God. You are the God of wholeness, of completeness, of perfection. Thank you for the complete manifest healing of Ashley Kreider. we We pray, we lift up our sister Judy Gray, and whatever it is that's causing this weakness, this breathlessness, whatever, we come against that in the mighty name of Jesus and declare that she is healed head to toe. Over uh, Brenda Fisher, thank you, Lord, for healing her. Thank you for strength returning to her bones and uh, mobility. To her whole body. We thank you, Lord, uh, for every, again, every way that healing has been manifested so far. But we also speak protection, divine protection over her. Protect her from falling anymore, from injuring herself anymore. uh, And thank you, Lord, for the healing that belongs to her. Thank you. Thank you for a supernaturally rapid and complete recovery for Kay Zellers as she recovers at home. Thank you for knitting her together and... uh, For the for the fact, Lord, that whatever it is, whatever disease, whatever condition has caused this surgery to be necessary, that you have healed her of that, we come against that, we cast it out of her body in Jesus' name, and call her the healed of God. I don't know what's going on with Priscilla, Lord, but we speak healing over her. Lord, sometimes we're like, and we do. We thank you, know we know you're the author of wisdom, Lord, but. Remind us, Lord, that we don't always need to know every single detail about what the problem is. We just need to know that you are the solution. Something wrong with her? Whatever it is, Lord, you have borne it. You have healed her. Help her to rest in that fact, in that truth, that she is healed because you love her. And you've already laid whatever ailments are bothering her, you've laid those things on Jesus Christ. We lift up Jenny Good to you. And Father, sometimes I just feel a divine anger, a righteous indignation when I think about the time that she spent in that wheelchair. And I'm so grateful for her attitude, for her confession, for her faithfulness. But Lord, our faithfulness, her faithfulness is nothing compared to yours. I can't explain, but I don't have to explain what's gone on the last five years, six years. All I know is Lord, you healed her. You have borne that sickness. You have borne that paralysis. And you are strength. You are life. You are mobility. And that's what we speak over our sister. I believe, Lord, there's no time or space in the spirit realm. So, Jenny, I call you healed tonight in Jesus' name. Larry Millis, father who's been fighting this battle on one degree or another for a number of years now. And it's robbed him little by little over the last several months of his strength and mobility. Father, we speak strength to the bones of Larry Millis. We curse cancer. We command it to be gone from his body in Jesus' name. Why? Because cancer is a name and Jesus is the name above every name. It doesn't matter how far it's progressed. It doesn't matter how long he's had it. Lord, you never change. Healing is in you. You are the God who heals us and we thank you for that healing. We receive it and we join our faith with that of Larry Millis tonight and call his body strong, whole, and healed in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. Thank you, Lord, for healing us. I lift up everybody in this room. Everybody just reach out now. If there's something you need, I'm not going to have a healing line. There's a spirit of faith in this room. And Praise and Worship team, you can come on up here if you want as we close this out. There's something you need. Just thank him for it now. You can speak it out. He knows what it is. But just receive it. Just don't. I'm talking to you now. I'm not praying. Just don't. Let me tell you a quick story. When I was at uh, VCC, many of you remember, this is in Farmer City, many of you remember, I wound up going over there to fill the pulpit of Brad Dawson after he died of cancer. Uh, Supposed to have been uh, just kind of a a temporary thing, but it turned out to be a good fit, so we were there for a while. We hadn't been there very long when the grandmother of a young couple, they were kind of our youngest elders, uh, died of cancer. And it wasn't long after that that uh, Will Chambers' mom, who was only 48 at the time, I think, was diagnosed with kidney cancer. And she was gone in three months. Very aggressive form of cancer. And she was a pillar in the church. This was a real blow. And shortly after that, this young couple came into my office to say they were leaving the church. Now, and his reason, and I'm not dismissing this. I'm not calling him a liar. He was a coach. And he felt like he really had a ministry to the boys that he coached. But they lived in a town two towns away. And he felt like, I really have an in with these boys. But if I'm going to invite them to church, I have to take them someplace local. We can't keep coming to Farmer City. Just had nothing but kind things to say. We really would love to be here. But in order to fulfill this ministry, I said, well, fine, man. We'll pray over you, bless you, send you on your way. But somebody who was very close to this couple told me later, The reason they left is because she has a deathly fear of cancer. And she feels like there's a cancer curse in this church. So they left to flee it. Don't run away from living word if you think this is an attack. What do you think? If the devil's after you, he's going to chase you even if you leave here. If he is attacking us, why do you think that is? Makes me think, if this is a spiritual thing, Brian and I were talking about this before service, there must be something big on the horizon that he's trying to keep us from experiencing, seeing, receiving. I guess one of the reasons we're to rejoice in tribulation. We're on the right track somewhere. And somebody's trying real hard to get us off of it. Don't be afraid of the devil. Don't be afraid of sickness. Oh no, it's happened to 10 people in the church. What if I'm next? That's not script. That's superstition. Now, having said that, I'm just trying to allay all fears. You know, we come against the devil. If you experience, man, if you see the devil, if you sense the devil, just speak to him and tell him to be gone with a word. What's that line in a mighty fortress? If, if, is is our God? Mm, 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 mm. One, one single word. One little word shall fell him. Go read that. Go look up the lyrics to Mighty Fortress is our God. So when you get home, just type it in on your phone or something. One little word shall fell him. So now I want you right where you are. And if it's not, if you have to praise God. Yeah, man, I'm manifestly healthy. I don't need nothing. Is there something in your life you could be praying for? Is there somebody we didn't pray in here for tonight that you could stand in for? Do you have a, a financial need? Is a relationship, you know, we prayed for sinners last week. Can we just agree and remember that God loves us? And if what we want is something that God has said he wants for us, you had better believe he wants it for you more than you want it for yourself. Anybody with kids can probably understand this at least more intuitively than somebody without kids. You always want more for you. want good stuff for your kids even more than kids want good for themselves and God has told us what is good he's told us what he wants for us and I believe that is a huge step on the way to receiving what we have what what we want from God is to realize we're not trying to get something he doesn't want to give us Kind of get ourselves in a position to receive what he wants for us even more so if there's something in your body again I'm not going to lay hands on you tonight I just want you to reach out by faith and say thank you God for healing me thank you God that you have promised to supply all my need according to your riches in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the healing power that flows through us now. Thank you, Lord, for the broken body of Jesus Christ and the wholeness that is ours because of that. Thank you for the healing that we enjoy. We receive it. We receive it. Thank you, Lord, for healing us. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy, for your grace for your promise, for your power, for your faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, Pastor Mike. Thanks for listening. We hope that this message encouraged and equipped you in your walk with Christ. Make sure to follow us on Facebook or Instagram to stay updated with what's going on at Living Word Family Church. Have a great day.